Welcome to this week's episode of the NACF Podcast. On this week's episode, we're talking about navigation. Navigation to our destination. There's a lot of twists, turns, detours, stops, and pit stops on the way to purpose. But we must keep forging ahead. But we need a roadmap. We need a specific roadmap on how to get to our purpose. Coming up. God is the ultimate navigator. Yes, he is. Our steps are ordered by the Lord. He predestined whoever he calls. God works the end and work it back to the beginning because he's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. My soul loved Jesus. Yes, God. Mm. Glory to God. Glory to God. We're going to Ruth chapter 3, verse 1 through 11. Ruth chapter 3, verse 1. 1 through 11. It will be there for you on the screen if you are here in the sanctuary. Those of you that are home, every time you tune in, grab your Bibles, grab your Bible app so that you can follow with us through the Word of God. So get those Bibles out. Ruth chapter 3 verse 1 through 11. In the New International Version and it reads, read with me those of you that are here. One day, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, my daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be well provided for. Now Boaz, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight, he will be winnowing barney, barley, winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfume, and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor. But don't let him know you're there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman lying at his feet. Who are you, he asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Our topic this afternoon is navigation. How do I get there? 
navigation. How do I get there? Well, this is the last month of 2020. And I know some people are excited about that. And I'd be more excited about it, Sharonda, if I thought 2021 was going to be better. But I don't know yet. But this has been a year of purpose for us at New Antioch. We found out who we were. We studied all of our whys. We made the decision to walk in purpose. And now we're in the season where we're hanging in there to see it through, to be obedient. No excuses. We're giving God a year next year of no excuses. We're going to trust God with our yes. This is the moment to show up. This is where purpose meets the problem that you were created to solve, where your purpose and the issue that you were created to impact impact where your purpose and the people you were created and sent to save they meet at the right moment and you are going to see it through you're going to join into God's activity become effective and stay necessary Is anybody going to stay necessary I don't know about you but I am determined to see it through I'm going to fight the good fight I'm going to finish my course I'm going to keep the faith I'm going to stay on the battlefield for my Lord. I'm going to be a soldier in the army of the Lord and having done all to stand I plan on standing. I will not be weary in well doing. Honey, this was one of those weeks where I had to tell myself that every morning. I am not going to get weary in well doing. I want to mount up with wings like an eagle. I'm going to run and not get weary. I'm going to walk and not faint. I'm going to run the race with patience that has been set before me. I'm going to present my body a living sacrifice I will see this thing through and I'm just wondering is there anybody out there who is committed to seeing this thing through is there anybody that's listening that is committed to seeing this thing through I'm gonna finish this thing tell somebody I'm gonna finish this thing I'm going to believe, old folk used to say, where my old church kids at uh, old church kid. I used to run, I'm, I believe I'll run on Till I see what the end's gonna be. Y'all not old church kids. I believe I'll run on to see what the end is going to be. I'm gonna see it through, but seeing it through is not always easy. And it's not always simple. Because sometimes we take off without a plan. You know your purpose, but how are you going to get there? You know your purpose. But now what? You have a mission, but you don't have a map. You have a destination, but you don't have a direction. You have an inspiration, but you don't have the information. You can't see it through if you don't know what to do. You can't see it through if you don't know what to do. So you're supposed to be a counselor and help people with issues, with life issues. Yes, Lord. But now what? You're supposed to own your own business and add wealth to the kingdom. Yes, Lord. But now what? You're supposed to be a wife and a mother. You're supposed to be a husband and a father. So yes, Lord. I have a spouse and some kids. But now what? You're supposed to start a nonprofit. You're supposed to start an agency or a blog or a book or a ministry. Yes, Lord. Now what? You can't see it through if you don't know what to do. 
What do you do? What do you do after you accept your purpose and start walking in it? Then what? Now what? Well, the Bible gives us details on how God worked with people. We are going to move right on in into our time of giving, our time of tithing, our time of offering, because this is a part of our worship. We are yet obedient in this season. We yet are worshipers in our tithing, that 10% that we give back to God, oh, that is our worship. And so if you have not prepared your giving, please do so. You can do that by going to interacted with God and how they found their purpose, how God got them from where they were to where they were destined to be. Y'all know some of those books. They're just about one person and one journey with God. Job, Esther, Nehemiah, Jonah, Daniel, Hosea, and our text today, Ruth. These things, these people, these stories were given for examples to us as to what not to do or what to do and of what God can do for you and it tells us how he does it. All of these books will tell you how he navigates you through it. Navigation. How do I get there? Well, there's this one young woman in the Bible that named Ruth. Ruth had a purpose, but she needed some navigation as to how to get there. The navigation is charting the course. It's finding the path that you're going to follow. Uh, as John Maxwell says, anyone can steer a ship, but it takes a navigator to chart the course. If you put me on a ship, anybody can grab a ship and just stir and just tow around, but you're going to need a navigator to get any place that you're going. So navigation... It's simply taking into account everything that's before you and figuring out step by step everything you need to do to get where you're going. The navigator is the person who makes the plan. And y'all know God is the ultimate navigator. Yes, he is. He's the ultimate navigator. Our steps are ordered by the Lord. He predestined whoever he calls. God works the end and work it back to the beginning because he's alpha and omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. He's the author and the finisher. And really, I'd like to say it the other way because he starts at the end, works his way back to the beginning. The beginning. So he's the omega and the after and the alpha he's the end and the beginning he's a finisher and the author he works his way from one end to the back to the other he, he, he the holy spirit is god the navigator that lives in you 
Oh, that was good. The Holy Spirit is God, the navigator that is living in you. He guides you into all truth. He tells you the things that are to come. But sometimes we're too lazy to listen. Sometimes we're too lackadaisical to seek it out. Sometimes we, we're too impulsive to wait on the word of God. We just take off. And sometimes we're too carnal to hear the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes we're too lazy to listen, too lackadaisical to seek it out, too impulsive to wait for a word from the Lord, and too carnal to hear from the Holy Spirit. So this word comes to you today to get you to a never, another level of excellence, to get you to another level of effect, effectiveness. How do I get there? Somebody say, I got to level up. I got to level up. How do I get there? The answer is navigation. So let's look at Ruth in our text. She has a purpose. God, the great navigator, had been working on his plan since Genesis. He had mapped out our redemption. He knew how he was going to get us saved, and he's been working on it. And so as we go into the Christmas season, I want you to know that Christmas, what we call Christmas, the day that Jesus was born, is a culmination of a 4,000-year plan. God worked on Jesus for 42 generations. And in those 42 generations, if you take a look at them, King David was part of the ingredients that God needed to make Jesus. All along, God is making Jesus. And there was something in King David that was supposed to be a part of the ingredients God needed to make Jesus. So something in David, God wanted to make Jesus. And so there was something in Ruth that God wanted to make David. David is the great grandma. I mean, Ruth becomes their great grandma. Ruth has Obed. Obed has Jesse and Jesse has David. So there's something that God wants in David that he had to get from Ruth. So her purpose then was to get to Bethlehem so that she could get into the lineage of David. That's the only reason we talk about Ruth. She needed to get to Bethlehem to get into the lineage of David. So now in our text, she has made it to Bethlehem. How is she going to get to her purpose? Somebody say navigation. So let me give you the backstory. So Naomi, the mother-in-law, was a woman from the tribe of Judah who lived in the Euphrath district that's connected to Bethlehem. And so in this, there was a famine in Bethlehem. And so she and her family, her husband and sons, they moved to Moab. Now, the Moab or the Moabites were descendants of Lot. Lot is Abraham's nephew. So the Moabites are not Hebrews, but they're cousins. Uh, and so uh, the, the God was working on Jesus through the Hebrews. So this is an outsider. So they get to Moab, and the sons of, of Naomi marry Moabite women. Uh, and then all the men in their family die. So, so the husband dies, and both of the sons die, leaving Naomi and her two daughter-in-laws. Well, one daughter-in-law named Orpah, she decided she was going to stay in Moab with her family. Go back and get her another husband. Now, I ain't going. Let me go on back here and get me another man. 
But Ruth was the daughter-in-law who decided to go with Naomi to Bethlehem. It was her purpose calling her. She didn't see it, but it saw her. And so she left her people and left her gods to go with Naomi and Naomi's people and Naomi's God, who is the one true and living God. Let me park here. Ruth had to leave her people so she could get to her purpose. Just a word for somebody. You can't get there with them. Who am I talking to? You can't get there with them. All you young adults that think y'all grown and that you're making your own decision. The word of the Lord is coming to you today. Sweetheart, you can't get there with them. Ruth could not get to her purpose with the folks that she was with before purpose called her. Ruth couldn't get to her purpose with the folks she was with before purpose called her. And God wants some of you to know you can't get there with them, being like them, talking like them, dressing like them, living like them, smoking like them, drinking like them, believing like them, tripping like them, thinking like them. You can't get there with them. There's some folk that are going to have to leave your life if you're going to get to purpose. You can't get there with them. Ruth had to leave them to get to purpose. Who am I talking to? So now she's in Bethlehem. But how is she going to now get to purpose? Well, Naomi was a navigator. I like this Naomi. She's a navigator. So come on, let's exegete this text. And, and, and Ruth chapter 3. Come with me to Ruth chapter 3, verse 1. One day Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be well provided for. So the first step to purpose was to get Ruth a man. We had to get a man. In order to have anything in this new life, she knew that Ruth would have to have a new husband because being a wife and a mother was her purpose. And I ain't mad at you for some of you, being a wife and a mother is your purpose. You have no idea who you are raising. You have no idea what God is going to do with them. And that is your full purpose, is being a wife and a mother. So what I see in this first verse is that you need to pinpoint where you're going. Pinpoint where you're going. Where are you going? Motown. 1975. Diana Ross. Do you know where you're going to? Do you like the things that life is showing you? Where are you going to? Do you know? Do you get? What you're hoping for, when you look behind you, there's no open door. What are you hoping for? Do you know? You got to pinpoint where you're going. 
as you navigate toward your purpose, you first have to pinpoint where are you going? Do you know? What's the end game? Whether it's ministry or marriage or business or career, pinpoint where you're going. See, Naomi knew the end game. She knew that she needed someone from her husband's family to marry Ruth. Someone who would take care of her. Because women without men in that day were most likely going to live in poverty. They would have no property. They would have no future, especially if they had no children. They had no social security. You had, so she said, look, I got to find a home for you where you will be well provided for. So the next thing I see in this text is where there is purpose, there is provision. This was my point. This is my, can I encourage you today? Where there is purpose, there is provision. Can I affirm you, Pastor Sharonda? Where there is purpose, there is provision. Uh, can I assure you, Akeisha, where there is purpose, there is provision. Can I speak to your faith? Can I stir your confidence? Can I ease your mind? Let me take a load off your shoulders. Where there is purpose, there is provision. Can I speak to myself? Can I encourage myself? Now, a girl where there's purpose there is provision where there is purpose there is provision who can get happy about that where there is purpose there is provision if God has called you to purpose you may not see how it's going to work out but let part of your navigation be to find where God has made the provision Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. The Lord will provide. Renee, the Lord will provide. Jackie, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Wherever there's purpose, there's provision. Now, the next script, part of the scripture says, Now, Boaz, Naomi's still talking, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight, He'll be at the winnowing barley. He'll be out winnowing barley on the threshing floor. He's going to be at work tonight. So I see the next step in the text. Do the research. Do the research. Sometimes we don't navigate because we're just too lazy about our purpose. We don't want to read. We don't want to check it out. We don't want to prepare, find out how others did it, talk to a mentor, keep with your mentor. Talk to a mentor. Keep with your mentor. Find some experts. Write out what you find and put it in a plan. How are you going to get healthy? It ain't going to just happen. Read. How are you going to be a parent? Don't just pop out babies or let kids join in your house and you have no plan about how you're going to raise them. How are you going to become a minister? You're going to sit out there and just wait for me to call your name and give you some papers? How are you become a minister? How are you going to open your business? How are you going to get your degree and then thrive in that career? How are you going to have a strong, lasting marriage? You don't just go down the aisle and kiss somebody and decide you're going to have a great marriage. How are you going to have a strong, lasting marriage? How are you going to help other people in life? When you know your purpose and the end game, you need to do the research. I know y'all don't like to read. Some of y'all don't like to read. I have a Ph.D., 
I am a doctor of philosophy. Didn't nobody give this thing to me? I did the research. But I don't like to read either. I would rather somebody put it in a movie. I'd rather watch TV than read. I'd rather watch the movie than read the book. But my purpose required me to do the research. And so Naomi did the research. She found out the best man for Ruth. She found out where he was going to be. Naomi knew the man's schedule. She's a navigator. I like this woman. She did the research. She said, okay, look, Boaz is a kinsman redeemer or a guardian redeemer, according to the law, and which means he had the right to get their family land back, and he had the money to do it, and he could take Ruth because technically she belonged to the family because when you got married, you joined the family, so he gets the whole thing, so he's good. Naomi had researched the law. She knew all the procedures. So she reached out the research the law, how they can get themselves back to, to where they need to be in Bethlehem, and then she researched Boaz. She studied his schedule. She asked the right people the right questions. Sometimes you just have to ask the right people the right questions. Stop asking broke folk about money. Stop asking single folks about marriage. Stop asking bad parents about your kids. Stop asking carnal people about your spiritual life. Stop asking poor folks about business. Do the research. Ask the right people and ask them the right questions. So Naomi did the research. Say, come here, girl. This is where Boaz will be. I did the research. So pinpoint where you're going. Do the research. And the next step, Naomi says, now wash. Put on perfume. And get dressed in your best clothes. So I say, get dressed. <laughs> get, get dressed. They, they say you don't dress for where you are. You dress for where you're going. You don't dress for where you are. You dress for where you're going. That's why I bug our leadership about how they dress. I know they're sick of me talking about their clothes. I don't care. I bug you about how you dress because I want people to look at you and see where they're going. The clothes set an atmosphere and an expectation. Well, I'm talking to the guys. Clothes, teachers, set an atmosphere and an expectation. There's a spirit in clothes. There's a spirit. In clothes. That's why sports people wear sports clothes. The medical profession has their clothes. Everybody has their uniform. The casinos have a uniform. Restaurants have a uniform. Corporations have a way that you have to dress in their corporation. Uh, it, why? Because it affects how you impact people. It affects how people see you. It affects how people respect you. And it affects how people treat you. You dress according to what you're going to do. So you dress different at a picnic than you do at a wedding than you do at a job interview. 
You dress according to what you're going to do. Don't tell me that how you dress doesn't matter. All you folks that hate, hate dress code and, and people telling you what you can wear and you just as anointed, and you might be, but, but don't tell me that you really don't believe how you dress doesn't matter. Because I bet you didn't wear your granny panties on your wedding night. You know you didn't. Why didn't you? If how you dressed didn't matter. Right? Brothers. I really could keep the brothers there, but brothers. Don't tell me how you dress doesn't matter. Because I bet you didn't go to the ball game with the guys in your wife's Daisy Dukes. Did you? You ain't going out with the guy. You know, dress don't matter. They don't care how I dress. Let me get my wife's short shorts and put those shorts on and go to the ball game with the fellas. Oh, y'all told me that how you dress don't matter. But the kind of dress that I'm talking about is internal. That dress does matter. You dress according to what you're going to do. So get dressed in your best. Somebody say, get dressed in your best. If you're going to go after purpose, then put on the whole armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted, with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take the field seal of faith where you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Somebody say, get dressed. But now put off all of these. Put off anger and wrath and malice and blasphemy and filthy communication out of your mouth. Not Lie not to one another. See that you put off the old man with his deeds. And you have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Therefore, put on as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind. Put it on meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiveness one another if any man have a quarrel against any even as Christ forgave you so also do ye and above all put on charity put on love which is a bond of perfectness look like you going somewhere talk like you going somewhere act like you going somewhere pray like you're going somewhere love forgive be kind be humble handle your hard days be holy get dressed in your best because purpose and destiny are here you need to change your inner clothing put on your best stuff somebody say get dressed navigation how do I get there alright pinpoint where you're going do the research get dressed and then Naomi says then look what we're going to do girl look go down to the threshing floor that's what he used to threshing that bar barley he said, but don't look, but don't let him know you're there till he's finished eating and drinking. I doubt she was talking about drinking water. <laughs> until he get through eating and drinking, had some groceries and some wine. Then when he lies down, 
Note the place where he's lying. Check out where he's lying. Then this is what you do. Uncover his feet and lie down. See, she had done the research. She was navigating. She knew how this thing worked. She knew how the law worked. And she said, lay down and uncover his feet and lay down. And then he's going to tell you what to do from there. Ruth said, I'll do whatever you say. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. So what is our next step? Ask God what to do and do exactly what he says. I preached this years and years ago. And, 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 you know, you got the three habits of this and the seven habits of successful people and the 12 habits of this and, the, and, and what people, positive people do. And you got all them things. And I told y'all, you know what? There's one essential habit of spiritually effective people, of spiritually successful people. They ask God what to do and do exactly what he says. They ask God what to do and they do exactly what he says. See, Ruth trusted her teacher. Ruth trusted her mentor. Ruth trusted the one who knew how to get it done. See, Naomi understood the men in this family because she had gotten one herself back in the day. She knew the customs and the laws of the time. And so Ruth trusted the one who was giving her the instruction. So my question to you is, do you trust the one who's giving you instructions? Do you trust the one who is giving you instructions? Why is it that we just don't do what he says? Well, Sean, why is it we just don't do what he says? And that's a long sermon by itself. I could take a whole hour and preach a sermon called, why is it? We don't just do what he says. So I ain't got time to do that, so I'm just going to give you a place to start. You need to figure out. You need to figure out why you won't just do what he says. I'm going to give you a few faces to start, but a few places you can start. Because you may need some therapy or some counseling or a long fast to figure out why is it you simply can't do what he said. I went to therapy. To find out what is my problem, that I can't simply do what he says. Here's a few places to start. Is it that you don't trust anyone but yourself? Is it rebellion against God? Is it fear? Is it that you're not sure it's him? Is it that you're just lazy? Is it that you're trying to get there for 70% off? Y'all know good and well, y'all don't like paying full price for something you could get for 70% off. And some of you want purpose. The reason you won't just do the way God said do it is because you're trying to get to that place, but you don't want to pay full price for it. I'm talking to somebody because I felt that way. You, you don't want to pay full price for it. You won't simply do what God told you to do because you think you can get it cheaper. And after I got through preaching this morning, I'm still with Pastor, with, with, with the, the Holy Spirit dropped in Pastor Erica. She said that the only stuff that's 70% off 
is the stuff from last season. When you buy it in its season, you pay full price for it. But if you, if you want something at 70% off, that's the stuff that was left over for last season. So you wonder why you're not getting ahead is because you're trying to live in this season, but you only want to pay for stuff that ain't even in this season. That was last season. You're living last season stuff because you won't pay full price to get stuff in the season that is intended. Is that why you're trying to get it? And y'all know, well, some of y'all just clueless and won't do what he says. Is it the flesh? The flesh, the flesh, the flesh. Why can't I do what he says, the flesh? Is it the devil? Is it your childhood issues? Is it that you don't like the loss of control? Is it that you hate the sacrifice? Is it simply procrastination? You need to figure out why you can't just do what he said. Because the best way to get there, the best way to see it through, the best way to get to purpose is to ask God what to do and do exactly what he says. Now, for some of you, if you veer off and do it another way, God will still get you there by his grace and mercy. That's what some of y'all are hoping. I don't have to do it that way, and God's still going to get me there. And that is true. Some of you. Because of God's grace and mercy, you veer off and do stuff your own way and don't do exactly what God says do, he will get you there anyway. But you'll just have to pay the price for not following instructions. So sometimes you can get stuff cheaper, but a year later you're buying it again. It didn't last. It didn't last a year. Now when you pay for that good, you pay for that good stuff, Good stuff lasts. But when you're trying to get it for 70% off sometime, when you get the discount price, when you get the cheap stuff, two years later, a year later, you buying the stuff again. Dress was cute. Just as cute as that $120 dress, except you washed it one time. <laughs> it didn't make it through one season. You'll just have to pay the price for not following instructions. You'll get to purpose eventually, but after having a couple of babies by a fool. If I'm not in this house, I'm in somebody's house. You'll get to purpose after you had a couple of babies by a fool. You'll get to purpose after wasted years in a doomed relationship. Y'all don't have to raise your hand, but how many of y'all have wasted years in a relationship? Or after an addiction that takes its toll on your body and on his mind, then you get to purpose. Or after a financial failure or after an illness or after a felony, if you'd have done it right the first time, you wouldn't have had to go through all that. But he'll eventually get you to purpose, but it's going to cost you. But for some of you, the only way to get there is going to be following instructions. We've been talking about obedience for months. The only way you're going to get there is to get on your knees, ask God what to do, write it down, tell somebody else who's going to hold you accountable, get as much detail as you can on the plan. He is 
a great navigator. So just do exactly what he said. He's the great navigator. He has ordered your, your steps. We trust the Holy Spirit to guide us just like Ruth trusted Naomi. And the Bible says she did exactly what Naomi, Naomi said. Somebody say navigation. So pinpoint where you're going. Do the research. Get dressed. Ask God what to do. Do exactly what he said. Then the Bible says, when Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, that's why I don't think he was drinking water. When he finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. That's what they were doing. They were harvesting that grain. It says, Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and laid down. That's what she was told to do. In the middle of the night, the Bible says something startled the man. I think it was purpose. Ruth's purpose startled him in the middle of the night. He turned, and there was a woman. Lying at his feet. Where my brother's at? <laughs> Sleeping good. You wake up. And this PYT is laying at your feet. You know, he was a little older. Ruth was young. He had this pretty young thing. <laughs> Where my brother's at? Y'all, y'all, y'all know. He got this pretty thing laying at his feet. He said, who are you? And that's what he did better than some brothers because it, it wouldn't have mattered at that point. But at least. <laughs> and, she, and she was foreign at that. Y'all know how y'all like something that's a little different. She's a foreign woman at that and she laying at his feet. At least he said, who are you? She, he said, I'm, she said, I'm your servant, Ruth. He knew, she already, he already knew who she was. But in the middle of the night, you know, they ain't had no lights. And so, it's like, who are you? I'm your servant, Ruth, she said. And, and she said, spread the corner of your garment. See, they had done the research. And, and, and what the custom was, spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer, you're a kinsman, kinsman redeemer of our family. And he said, the Lord bless you, my daughter. And as you know, he was quite a bit older. He said, this, is, this kindness is greater than what you showed me earlier. But you haven't run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I'll do all that you ask because all the people of my town know you're a woman of noble character. Well, he talked about a kindness that he showed her that was greater, that kindness that she showed him that was greater, that he knew she's a woman of noble character. Well, let me give you the backdrop quickly. See, Ruth had already been working hard in his field. She was gleaning. Gleaning is when they would pick up the extra stalks that were left behind by the reapers. So the main folk are getting all the stocks, but they're leaving certain things behind. Now, some of them, they would let the poor pick up those extra uh, things left behind as charity. So we're going to get the big stuff, um, but you guys can come and get what we've left behind. But Boaz evidently had women that were working for him that were getting that extra grain. And so, uh, uh, you know, how did, like we're not going to leave this behind. I can sell this extra stuff. But for whatever reason, he had women that were working for him. Well, she had gone in those fields and she had worked for him, but she worked in excellence. And they said they would, she took very few breaks. 
Uh, so he noticed her, and the supervisors noticed her. They said she had really worked hard. She worked like harder than the other women. She took a short break, and she'd been working here all day long. So he said, well, you let her have a little bit of extra, not only because of her work ethic, but because she was doing it for Naomi. She was taking care of her mother-in-law, and that was something for this young woman to come and, and be in Bethlehem and try to get out there working to take care of her mother-in-law. So because she had already showed noble character, and a work ethic, it gave her favor when she showed up at his feet. Woo. I could preach that right there too. It gave her favor when she showed up at his feet. So here I see the next step in getting there. Whatever you're doing now, do it with excellence because excellence opens opportunity. Whatever you're doing now, do it with excellence. Excellence opens opportunity if you want to if you want to get there you need to pay attention to what you're doing here if you want to get there you need to pay attention to what you're doing here don't wait until after you get the promotion don't wait until they give you the title don't wait until other people call your name don't wait for the pastor to identify you don't wait for your boss or the owner of the company or your love interest to give you what you know is predestined for you whatever you're doing right now do it in excellence it's your excellence that opens up opportunity that's why we try to tell you young folk and you middle folk. Watch what you put on Facebook. Watch what you put on Instagram. Watch what you like and send on. Watch what you post. Because when people see your, your Facebook page, because now jobs and schools are going back and looking to see what kind of person that you are. And if you show them that this is excellent, if you're 21 and you're showing excellence, if you're 23 and you're showing excellence, it'll open up opportunity for you when you're 27. And when you're 32. If Ruth was lazy, just hanging around the house, hoping for a husband, she would have stayed a widow. If Ruth was like some of you in the back room of your mama house, vaping and smoking weed, and you taking pictures and everybody know that's all you doing. If she had just been, I need an opportunity. I need somebody to give me a chance. I can't find no job. No, you can't find no job because you're sitting at home all day. It's your excellence that opens opportunity. If she was lazy, just hanging around the house, hoping that God going to send her a husband, she'd have stayed a widow forever. But Ruth was up, and she was active, and she was making it do what it do. So holler out to all my sisters that making it do what it do. Whether you got a man or don't got a man, I holler out to you. Make, girl, make it do what it do. It was her excellence that gave her opportunity. So if your purpose is to make money, then produce an excellent product while you're still on low income. If your purpose is marriage, then develop the skills that married people need and do it well now. If your purpose is preaching, then learn how to be excellent at the affirmation. If your purpose is singing, then be excellent in front of five people. If your purpose is prayer, then do, well, then do it well whether you're on the prayer line or not. Whatever you're destined to do, called to do, made to do, bred to do, do it with excellence. Practice your purpose right now. Get good at it. And when it's time, excellence opens opportunity. Just ask David. Ask Daniel. Ask Joseph. Ask Abigail. Ask Dorcas. 
as the apostle Paul. Whatever you're doing right now, do it with excellence. And there you have it, everybody. How do I get there? Navigation. Chart the course. Pinpoint where you're going. Know that there is purpose and provision. Wherever there's purpose, there's provision. Do the research. Get dressed inside and out. Ask God what to do. And do exactly what he said. And whatever you're doing right now, do it in excellence. There's one more point from the story. And, that, and that's this. It's, it's not in the text that I read, but it's in the next text. Navigation doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. Don't worry if you find some glitches in the plan. You see, Boaz, it turns out that even in her research, that Boaz was not the nearest kinsman redeemer. There was another relative that was closer, and he would really have first dibs on the property and on Ruth. So they had to solve that problem and get around that problem legally. And so even if God has a purpose for you, even when God has purpose for you and the plan is laid out, it may not be smooth sailing. Stuff's going to come up. Some of it from life. Some stuff from the enemy. From stuff from your own, some stuff from your own human error. But know this, if God gave you the plan, if God is your navigator, if you've done your part, while you're trying to figure it all out, he's already worked it out. While you're trying to figure it out, he's already worked it out. So trust him. Hang in there. Try it again. Knock on the door some more. Go back over the plan. Rebuke the enemy. Don't give up. The navigation on your part doesn't have to be perfect, and it don't have to be perfectly executed. I promise you, God will get you there. God can tell somebody, God will get you there. God will get you there. What he promised, he is able to perform. He's going to get you there. What do I do now? You need to ask God what to do. You need to do exactly what he said. You got to navigate this thing. Now that you know your purpose, if you're going to see it through, you have to know that God has ordered your steps and what he promised you, he will perform. But you got to ask him what to do. Do that research. Get that instruction. Ask him what to do and do exactly what he said. And the first thing you need to do is get on his side. And if you have never asked him into your heart, if you've never prayed the prayer and asked Jesus into your heart, you, that, that's your first step. He's an amazing navigator. If you would walk with him, if you would let him in your heart, if you would allow him to be what we call your Lord and Savior. Lord means you're letting him be in charge. Savior means he's going, he's, you're letting him save you. You're letting him rescue you from you. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, we want to give you that opportunity right now. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me for everything I've done wrong. Come into my heart. Save me and navigate my life. 
in Jesus' name. Thank you for saving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, especially if it's the first time you prayed that prayer, some of you may have played the prayer before, but you are rededicating yourself in both of those cases. If you would write right in there in the comment section that you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart. If you meant that into your heart, you're saved. You have a relationship with God now. He's in your heart. You've been born again. And so right in there that you meant that there's a book I'd want you, I want you to have. It's called Salvation 101. Saved. We'd like to get you that book. So just write in there that you asked him into your heart and you wanted to give that book. You know what that book's going to help you do? Navigate. It's going to help you navigate and go to and show you what God has for you. We'd also love you to be part of our church family. If you go to the other thing you can do is go to newantioch-aliante.org. Newantioch-aliante.org. There's a button there that says to, co to connect. And we can get you into a community group. We can get you into a Bible study. We'll get you to some people that are going to help you get to your purpose. That are going to help you in this, in this walk. And so we would love to be your church family. I would love to be your pastor. I want to be your pastor. You know why? Because this is what I do. And I might need some help navigating some other things. I got some great navigators. Sister Sharonda, Pastor Rhonda, Pastor Rhonda, they, they, get, they get the stuff done for me. Uh, they, they tell me, okay, Pastor, you need to do this and you need to do that. You know, I have some great navigators at both churches. But when it comes to getting people to purpose, I'm a great navigator. Oh, I'll get you there. So I'd love to be your pastor. I'd love to get you on that road. So go to newantioch-aliante.org and push that connect button, that link, and give us your information. Or you can put it on, but we have people that are here right now that, that can get your comments. We'd love to be your church family, and I would love to be your pastor. Now, pastor Sharon is going to come and pray for the house at this time. And pray for the rest of you. But I just believe that there's somebody that is listening right now. That your thing is that you need to understand you can't get there with them. And I pray that God breaks every soul tie. That God breaks every connection that's not for you. And that was the word for you today. And some of you, there's somebody right there, right there as well that's listening. And you may be in this room that's listening that you need to understand that where there is purpose, there is provision. Receive the provision right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah, you, you, you that are sitting there that don't know how you're going to get this done. If God called you to it, he is going to give you the provision. We call him Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Amen. Pastor Sharonda, come on pray for the folks today. Amen, amen on this afternoon. And I am grateful for the word of God that has come on today. And for those of you who are even here in this place and on Facebook that said, that is for me. And I, I tell you, and I felt it when Pastor said it, that some of us are, there, there's people that just won't be able to go. That you're trying to get to your destiny and you're not going to make it with them. They're a hindrance. They're a holdback. And so let us pray on this afternoon. Father God, God, we said thank 
you for the strength. Thank you for the word that has come to touch our hearts. We will not allow this day, oh God, to get past your people, oh God, that even right now you're making a way, oh God, for us to come into, into the way, oh God, to, to release ourselves from people, oh God, to, uh, oh God, dismiss their permission that we have given them to hold us back and to bind us. My God, in the name of Jesus, oh God, we, oh God, declare for divine release on this afternoon, oh God, of relationships. My God, in the name of Jesus, of the negative words, of the bonds and the chains that they have over us, that we might be able to walk, my God, walk, oh God, on into our purpose and into our destiny. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke a spirit of fear and apprehension that would keep us held out and held back. In the holy name of Jesus, we declare a forward movement in your life. We come against a stuck place, a dormant place, a place where there is no life. My God, in the name of Jesus. And so God, we say thank you for all of those, oh God, that are listening, that will receive it. That we declare, oh God, a place of freedom to move even from people, God, even from ourselves. I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying on this morning that there are some, oh God, that are afraid and that themselves are holding them out. That they don't know how they're going to move again, God. There's a, a, a fear, oh God, the limits that have been placed on in mind and experience. And so we come against, oh God, the experiences that will come to hold us out of purpose. In the name of Jesus, let us use them as stepping stones and stepping blocks. In the name of Jesus, I hear the Lord saying, step on and step over. In the name of Jesus, God, we say thank you on this afternoon for how it is that you you are moving for the steps uh, that will begin, oh God, to be taken even on this afternoon, my God. Uh, in the name of Jesus, God, we call for it, uh, even a small step. Uh, even a small step. My God, a faint step. A step in courage. My God, in the name of a step in the face of fear. God, I said thank you. And that we will trust you for provision, God. God, that you are moving in it, that you are with it, God. God, we cry out for an increased faith of your people, that they will trust you for your provision, God. You called them to it, oh God, and that you will do it. God said, hey, shake it now. God, we declare that on this afternoon we are taking the limits off of you. God says you're looking for it to come one way. He said, but don't put me in a box. I shall provide the provision that you need to do what it is that I have called you to do. And so he said, listen again. Ask me again. Go for direction again. In the name of Jesus. And when he tells you to do exactly what it is that he told you to do, God says, I'm not done speaking and I'm not done moving, my God. In the name of Jesus. He said, go back to the plan. He said, read over the plan again. He said, go back to the dream. And look at the dream again. He said, go back and check it out again. What he told you, he said, don't throw it away. He said, so many have thrown it in the trash because you believe that it's impossible for God to do what he gave you to do. He said, my provision is still at my card. He said that my provision is still at her. He said that my 
that you don't grow and that we don't grow. We're patient with God's timing. And so, God, we said thank you for your timing. We said thank you for your plan. We said thank you for provision, God. Let us fall right in step uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, God, the preacher told us on this afternoon that you are a God at the end. Uh, God, that you start at the end and move to beginning. Uh, we said thank you on this afternoon that we'll find you right where you are in the plan for us. Uh, in the name of Jesus, that we'll find you uh, right in the plan what that you have for us. Uh, on this afternoon, my God, in the name of Jesus, uh, that we'll find you uh, right where you are in the plan for us, God. In the name of Jesus. And so we come against the spirit of comparison. We come against the spirit, oh God, of being competitive. We come against looking to the side, left or the right, God. And that on this afternoon, we focus our eyes upon you, God. And we said, thank you, oh God, that you still have a plan for us and that we shall go the way that you have given us to go. And so we said, thank you for the Holy Spirit that will guide us in the way, oh God, that we ought to go for you. And so we said, thank you on this afternoon, God. We said, thank you. And we speak directly on this afternoon. To those of you who see no way, you see no way out. You're wondering how, 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 how will I be able to get out of this? I don't, I don't have a, a navigator like Naomi. You're wondering, like, I, I don't have anyone to tell me which way to go because it was Naomi who told Ruth which way to go. But on this afternoon. I tell you to get yourself into a quiet place and be able to hear from God. Just ask him. Close out all of the noise and just ask him for yourself. God, what is it that you want me to do? And even if it doesn't feel comfortable, even if it's something, some of it might be you need to leave. Some of it might be you need to say. Some of it might be you need to be still. Some of it might be something that you don't want to do. Some of it means you might have to get up out of that place. Some of it might mean that you have to go to the people who you swore you'd never talk to again. But listen to him and hear what he has to say. And then do exactly what he said. And so, God, I say thank you for peace in the journey. My God, God, we say thank you for peace in the journey. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Lord, I need Lord, I need I'm going to need your help. I need your help. By myself. By myself.
you, God. It won't work. Somebody go get Renan. Lord, I need I need your help. By myself. God, it won't work. It won't work. Cam, you come here too. We're just going to pray for you from behind. We don't want to risk anything. God's saying to the both of you at this time in your life, I really want to get you there. God really wants to get you there. Take that time. As what Pastor Sharonda was saying about really getting before God and ask God, first of all, where are you taking me and how do you want me to get there? God has a place, a plan for your life. But it's so important, man of God, that you ask him what to do and do exactly what he says. And God wants to begin to lay down some things for you so that you don't have to step in all those potholes. You can get there without having to go to the detour because the detours are too expensive. They're too expensive. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, first of all, I cancel every relationship that don't mean them no good. If they won't drop those people, let the people drop them in the name of Jesus because they can't get there with them. And, Father, for, the, for everything that you have laid out for them, I cancel the assignment of the enemy against their life. God, give them the plan. Give them the direction. Let them know who they are right now so they can get on your plan. I break every soul tie in the mighty name of Jesus. I break every generational issue. What has stopped those that came before them will not stop them. In the name of Jesus, spirit of the living God, fall fresh on these men of God. Spirit of the living God, talk to them in the midnight hour. Spirit of the living God, show them who they are. Let them wake up and just understand what they have to do and where they have to go. Put the right mentors in their life. Put the right people in their life. Put the right coaches in their life. Don't let them veer off to the left or to the right, we cover them in the name of Jesus. Fall fresh on them, Holy Spirit. Use them for your purpose and plan. I speak to wealth on them. Y'all don't have to be poor. Y'all don't have to be broke. I speak to wealth only because you'll use it for the kingdom. He wants you to be, care to be taken care of so he can use you for the kingdom. Not for your flesh, but for the kingdom. And if you'll follow his plan, you won't have to worry about a thing. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you, men. God bless you guys. Thank God for the spirit of God in our service today. Thank God for all of you that have come. You are here because this word is for you. You're listening because this word is for you. And so we do want to let everybody know again, I thought I saw Pam here for Angel Tree. If you do, um, you need to get in touch with her. We may have a few more angels, but make sure you connect. You can go to uh, the House of Antioch page or go to the Aliante page. 
uh, and there should be some information there. You have to scroll down to get it, but some information about our angel tree, or just call the church, or if you have uh, Sister Pam's number, we do want to give at New Antioch, we give. We're starting a new Bible study this Wednesday. God has told me some more stuff about the Holy Spirit, but well, that might just be for me. Uh, but we are going to move on, and we're going to talk about breakings. A few weeks ago or months ago, I did a sermon that was, I need a break, talking about breaking yokes and breaking limits and breaking uh, bonds, band bondages and uh, breaking cycles and uh, breaking wheels. And we're going to take each one of them one by one, and we're going to be ready by the end of this year. We're going to break some things in the spirit. So our new Bible study is starting 8 a.m. on Wednesday morning. We're going to go into another study. So come to the um, New Antioch Christian Fellowship. The main page is our largest page uh, and go to uh, that and join us for Bible study on Wednesday. You may not be able to listen to it at 8 o'clock but come in sometime later in the day. Later in the day. We're doing everything we can that you don't miss a beat during this pandemic. You don't have to, to, to miss anything. You can get your Bible study, you can get your word, your praise and worship, the prayer. We are laying it out here. You just have to come get it. Amen. And we also need more people. We need all of you to be in a community. That's the only way. There's too many of you for us to be able to, for me to be able to keep up with you by myself. So we have community group leaders. You, we put you, place you in a group of smaller uh, folks in this next year we're going to talk about walking with God how to walk with God because the people that dropped off are people who didn't have a personal relationship don't let a next pandemic or the rest of this pandemic catch you without that personal one-on-one -on -one relationship and walk with God you are going to enjoy it we're calling it the Enoch experience the Enoch experience how to walk with God and so if you are in a position, if you're one of our coaches, ministers, servant leaders, we need some more group leaders. We need some more group leaders. And so we're going to have a community group meeting Wednesday at 6 p.m. If you're, if you're already a community group leader, you need to be there. If not, uh, we are recruiting some new community groups. It might be as much as taking four or five people and helping them next year walk with God teaching them how to walk with God, say, keep in contact with them so we can know that all of you are being taken care of. So you can see Sister Denise or Pastor Sharonda to get in on that meeting. Uh, if you're interested, put it in the comments section and they'll get in touch with you uh, to just come check it out. Just come check it out uh, and see if this will be a ministry for you. God is trying to lay it out. We're navigating you to purpose. Amen. And so we thank God for our services today. So finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy wave. And all of us here salute you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen and amen. See you at prayer on this page every morning at 7. And we'll see you at Bible study on Wednesday and next Sunday, next Sunday. All of you that are members of New Antioch at Aliante, I have an announcement to make next Sunday. We need to almost make it like a church meeting. I need all of you all to be on. If you're a member of the Aliante Church, you need to be on uh, 
right um, at the end of service. I'm going to come up and there's something I need to share with you. There's some changes that we're making that I need to share with you as a church. Give you a chance to work, at, uh, to work on it, to pray on it, to rest with it, to ask me questions about it. But, we're, uh, but please be on next Sunday. Um, it's a little after 2 o'clock now. Uh, if you're not there at 1230, jump in before church is over. But you need to jump in at 1230. Amen. And so it's all calling all of our members uh, to be on next Sunday. Uh, and if for some reason that you can't, please go back and listen to it. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. God bless you all. Can't make it without you. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message really reached you. If you'd like to know more about our campuses, you can visit our central campus at newantioch.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dot org. Or for our Aliante campus, you can visit us at newantioch-aliante.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dash A-L-I-A-N-T-E. If you'd like to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do so by texting New Antioch to 77977 for Aliante Campus. Or for Central Campus, it's New Antioch Central at 77977.